We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Yeah, can we can we also stop the uh, Valeri is equal to Blanco thing <laughs> yeah. that's going on around the uh, MLS fantasy community? I mean, I've all, I've been like, I mean, obviously Blanco's came started out of the gates really hot, and Valeri was a little bit slow, but we all know that Valeri's the more uh, talented, was the MVP last year, <laughs> yeah, the more talented of the two. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit RotoWire.com soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and Jamie Bazo. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. This is, uh, we're going into week 13 of the Fantasy MLS season. I'm J.D. Bazo. I'm joined by Skylar Redpath. Andrew Laird, uh, we're giving him a break tonight. I don't know what he had to do, but he can't direct our the flow of our conversation. He can't bring the the great intelligent questions. Um, so Skylar and I are just going to go caveman style, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna pound through all the games one by one as quickly as possible. Um, it, it's getting to be crunch time here. We only have uh, five weeks left of the regular season yeah uh, well we not go the... through week 17 so yeah i think including this week we got about five weeks left all right all right so five weeks left um 
it's pretty uh, immensely important for me here, but also everyone's just trying to get their rank up. Skylar and Andrew, I know, are both uh, charging up the standings. And we also have a lot of a lot of listeners, a lot of people in the Slack chat um, that are also doing doing well and still active. So that's great to see. Um, but how how'd you do last week, Skylar? Yeah, I did okay. I finished with 102 points, so uh, I think that was good for 783. Looks like overall for the week, I'm up to 134 overall for the season. So it feels like I'm inching towards that top 100, which. At this point in the season, I'd be okay with with hitting top 100. Um, not what I had hoped for coming into the season, but with the condensed season, then you know I think that's a, a reasonable uh, aspiration at this point. And then maybe next, uh, whatever it's called, the fall fall fantasy season, I'll try to shoot for doing better. But you know, it's it a weird uh, DGW with the mediocre San Jose and Vancouver options. <laughs> Um, I ended up with Erickson and Vaco in my midfield instead of the the Hosen Youngworth, which I felt like it was kind of a pick your poison week with those Earthquakes midfielders. So um, if you went Hosen, you're you're sitting pretty, but um, I faded them and paid the price. So other than that, I mean, it felt like um, I was a little too high on Watson last week, kind of count banking on almost some of that attacking production that he's brought for the past. Uh, I don't know. He's brought a couple of weeks this season. He came close to. He almost had a bike at the end of the, uh, the FC Dallas <laughs> game that uh, that Kai ended up getting a PK on. So it was that one would have been. I would have been okay with with Wasson turning that in for a goal, but that would have also taken away that Kai PK. So that that would have offset each other. But other than uh, the the Wasson play, I felt like I was I was. Uh, you know, all the other plays I felt like were on point. Piotti was a dud for me. That was another one that uh, I may would have switched up. But I don't know. At home against the Galaxy seemed like a good spot for him. Um, probably would have played it again. But I don't know. How'd you end up? Uh, I had 118 points. I think it looks like week rank 83, and I'm up to fourth overall. There it um, is. Carrying yeah, the team. I, you know what's what's weird about last week? I I can't say I really have any regrets, but um, like I feel like towards the end of the week, like our hearts were all telling us, like you know, why don't we just captain like Via or Maxi Morales or someone, and that would end up being like the much much better play. I think it would netted us eleven points or twelve points if you captain Vaco or Erickson. Right. Um, but okay. it's just that logically, just not not a smart move when um you have people that are playing two games versus one. So I, I can't say that I would have done it. I don't really regret it. And kind of the same thing with Hosen. Um, I, my heart was telling me, you know, play Hosen, but um, it, it was just logical to take what I thought were the safe, yet still uh, high upside points from Vaco and Erickson. So that, that didn't exactly work out, but kind of everyone went that route. Um, and then I think uh, Moderita is the the one you didn't jump on that Andrew and I did. Got us 14 points with a goal. Yeah, that was uh, sharp. That was good. Yeah, and then I, I was um, lucky enough. I put Waston on the bench because of that yellow card he had hanging over his head. Um, the yellow card suspension potentially. And then I also had Hedges on the bench, so I avoided. A, I dodged a bullet there. Uh, but yeah, I had Piotti too. I was really excited after I faded Almarone and he only got four points. I was thinking, wow, you know, if Piotti like crushes, I could I could really gain on the top three in the standings overall. But then Piotti had a 
a disappointing game too. So, um, yeah, playing it, a man I, up at that that was that was the like the salt in the wound right there. Like when we yeah. saw Zlatan go out, then I think we were all kind of high fiving. Like, yeah, it's time for Piotti to go <laughs> off, and uh, it didn't. Happen. I was. Yeah, and it was like during a work day on Monday, and I was like sitting in the office, and I kept refreshing, and I'm like, "You, I can't believe Montreal is not doing anything." <laughs> um, but you watch the highlights, and Piotti was still pretty active. So it, I know he's had what three straight bad games in a row, um, but nice. I'm not that concerned. I think he is getting more attention defensively. They're really shifting that center back out to to help cover him, but. Um, I'm not that concerned, especially this week. Yeah, um, uh, in Minnesota, right? In this last game, he actually lined up as more of that uh, that number nine, almost like as a lone forward, which is a little bit. I mean, he's played there before, but I, don't, I mean that kind of feeds into what you're saying. Like teams pretty much know he's their their main attacking threat, so if they can hone on and in on him and shut him down, then you know, that's what they're going to do, and that's that's proven to be a, a valid strategy for teams playing against Montreal so until they have more pieces in that attack then that's probably going to be the the issue with rostering Piotti week in and week out if if teams put him in their back pocket then he's going to have a bad game but if he's able to break loose and you know we know we've seen what he can do um, even this season with a hat trick and I think like an assist he I mean he exploded so um, you know it's a it's a risk and reward with him and I don't know I'm I'm probably back on board with him this week against Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing with Piotti this season is that uh uh tight air is taking a lot of the corners and some of the set pieces so we can't even rely on on that from Piotti every game. Um not that we always could before but um I feel like he was more involved at least in the direct set pieces. Yeah. So that's a that's a little disappointing, but he's still yeah a complete game changer, one of the best in the league. Um, but enough about last week. Enough about our teams. Probably no one cares. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe it validates that uh, they should be listening to at least some of what we say. But otherwise, no one actually cares how we're doing. Yeah, I don't um, know, man. When you got a top top uh, five at that top five player in the world on the line, I think you gotta you gotta sit up and take notice. So. Uh. <laughs> um, I guess I don't know. I I held the number one spot down for about half a season, a couple maybe 2015, um, and then I I just probably finished outside the top ten. I I believe because I was really pushing once I lost it. So I I'm not really taking anything for granted. Um, I think I have to make up like 23 points now on first, but um, definitely doable. So I'm excited. I I think the the next double game week, which is next week really makes me nervous because it's a bunch of trash teams yeah, and bad matchups and there's going to be some absences so i i would love to have a strong week so i have a little less pressure going into that one because i think it could just be a total uh total kind of coin toss as far as like who am i going to pick what everyone else is doing um but we'll cross that bridge when we get there let's yep. uh let's hammer through these i don't know what do you think we got one we have uh 11 games yeah, every team's playing this week ex- except for Atlanta. It's the only team on a bye, which we get a little br- a little breather from Al Marone and the uh, Joseph Martinez, yeah, that kind of thing. Which they've obviously been elite options this season, um, and I think they're one of the teams that played twice in Week 14. So, 
Yeah, and they actually have, I think, two guys on red card suspension. Is it LGP and Garza? Or yeah. LGP might be yellow card suspension, but Garza got a red for a studs-up tackle, yeah, which I think out. is like the, the third or fourth time I've seen him get a, a really bad studs-up tackle. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's go. Uh, we have TFC hosting Dallas. This is the first of three matches on Friday night. So uh, these are going to be really important for getting your kind of switcheroo options on the bench out of the way, um, some good good fantasy players. So I think these are good games to focus on. Yeah, and I think, too, um, I guess just right off the top, then we've already got international absences to keep in mind. Um, we've got some players leaving for World Cup. We've got players leaving for um, international friendlies. And one of those is Alex Bono, Toronto FC's goalkeeper. So that's already been confirmed. Clint Irwin's going to be the starter here. Um, I think he's a pretty good option for a keeperoo. You know, if you're into that kind of thing, um, he's I believe around five million. So, um, you know, FC Dallas is is a tough matchup, but Toronto FC at home, they're always stout at home, and uh, it seems like they've been getting a few pieces of their defense back recently too. So. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like he's a, a pretty decent keeperu uh, option, and I guess other than him, you know, Javinko's coming back from his red card suspension, and I don't know. I don't know what to th to think about him right now. Like he's such a good uh, fantasy weapon anytime he's in your lineup, but there's a lot of, uh, I guess you could say, rumors swirling around. Uh, I believe he's been linked with Tigres and. Uh, there's a little bit of uneasiness going on with him in the front office trying to to uh, lock him in for another contract, that kind of thing. So, you know, with players like that and that kind of situation, it's it can either go one of two ways. Um, they, you know, they keep playing at, like, the level that you know that they can and, and maybe even, like, add a little extra pep in their step just to kind of prove their worth or they, you know, shut it down a little bit kind of like a Lee win I guess you could say um but I don't know Javinko for me it feels like even in this spot at home against Dallas he's had it he's had some time off I feel like he's going to bounce back pretty strong and uh, I feel like he's a good play this week I think I, I've got him at number two in my rankings yeah I think the only thing with Javinko is there's a lot of other good forward options this week um but I I don't think there's any doubt that he's an extremely good play Whenever he's active, people kind of feel like for some reason he's slowing down, but um, he has pretty much eight fantasy points in each of his last four games. If you subtract those uh, red card negative points that he got in his 29 minutes um, against New England, he still got to eight points because he scored a goal. Um, you know, he's still taking shots. He's still creating um, plenty of chances. Honestly, he's taking shots at like a David Villa um 2016 or 2017 <laughs> type of clip it's yeah just i mean it's extremely high yeah there i don't think there's anything to worry about really um dallas can kind of they can really tighten up defensively so i'm curious to see how they play it i wouldn't be surprised if maro diaz was not playing on the road um i know he's kind of coming back full force but this would be a great time to rest him if you're if you're at all concerned about his longevity um and just play a more defensive game. I, I don't know. I think this one I'll have to see the lineup. Um, and Javinko is on the fence for me right now just because, like I said, there's a lot of good forward options otherwise. So he's he's right now my number three forward, but 
you could definitely make an argument for uh, the handful of guys behind him as well. Right. What about uh, Victor Vasquez's and any of the defensive options like the the ROs and Vanderweels? Um, another guy I've kind of got my eye on is Eric Zavaleta came back this last game and he's been uh, over the past couple of years he's been able to pick up bonus points at a pretty consistent clip so I don't know those three or those yeah, I guess those three or four or guys that I've got my eye on maybe is it a bench option and a auto switcheroo whatever it's called yeah no I'm with you um Zavaleta I think is uh okay I think that Aro is also all right. He's he kind of gets like enough um, peripheral stats to flirt with some bonus points, but he's definitely not like comfortably surpassing like the ball recoveries and the right. the tackles. The, but I mean, he he gets enough ball recoveries that he could get you another bonus point or two. Um, he definitely creates some offense. So I, he's been like one of the most popular early game switcheroo type people i think this season especially maybe for us three on the podcast um and it hasn't worked out more more often than not but that's okay because i mean you're you're just taking a shot on a clean sheet on maybe a goal or an assist and if you want to do that here that's fine um i don't know that it really jumps out to me i don't know that victor vazquez is a guy that um i feel like i have to take this week Right. And um, may- maybe Clint Irwin in the keeperu is the other guy outside of Javinko that I I strongly consider, and everyone else I I think kind of kind of sits on the back burner here, and that includes every single option from Dallas. I mean Reggie Cannon I think was unleashed a little bit last week, but I don't think he would be given uh, that much room to roam up the wing this week um, on the road. Uh, Rudy kind of has come back with a little fire lit under him, but I, I'm not going to trust him on the road either with all the other good options. So I, I think we can pretty much leave it at that for this game unless you have any any other shouts. No, I'm good with that. All right, Houston, NYCFC. This one is uh, intriguing because Houston continues to just torment teams with their, their front three. Um, Chicago pretty much had no answer last week. They just left people wide open all over the field um, for Houston. But um, NYCFC, they love to play it out of the back. They love to just control it in the back um, and be patient. And uh, they're going to have to play a really good defensive game on the road because I wouldn't be fooling around with the ball back there if uh, Elise and Kyoto, Medotis, and then Tomas Martinez is quick and opportunistic too. I I don't know. I think that it, it could be troublesome for New York or they could totally – um, kind of smother Houston's uh, strengths here. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a hard time kind of reading how this game's going to go too. Um, I think one thing that sticks out to me is that Houston have not kept a clean sheet all season, so I feel like that immediately puts David Villa in play. I feel like, um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like even a guy like uh, Tajuri Shradi, Maxi Morales, like those type of guys – Guys that I normally wouldn't consider on the road, I feel like are in play here because I do think New York uh, puts a goal or two up on Houston. And I don't know. I mean, I, I could kind of see this game going back and forth a little bit, like a, a 2-2 type of game with guys like Elise and, and Kyoto getting involved. Um, but, again, I mean, New York City's got the, the weapons to – I mean, I say shut Houston down, but Houston – 
like you said, they've been probably one of the, I don't know, one of the more fun attacks to watch this season, I guess you could say. So, Elise alone has been like one of the best attacks in the league, let yeah. alone when you add in anyone else. Yeah, yeah he's been on, on another level this season, and Kyoto coming back, and you know, Minoto's healthy now, and now Martinez is kind of integrating himself with with those three. It's it's fun to watch. Um, I just I don't know how much. Um, even at home, I just don't know how much I'm going to put uh, trust in these guys against New York City FC. Yeah. Elise might be a guy that I would think about on the bench um, since he's an early game. See how he does. If you're not sold on any of the other th- uh, like people as a third forward. But I don't think I'm going beyond Elise. I mean, unless you think Kyoto is roughly the same, which he kind of is, except Elise just seems like he's, he's beating people one-on-one and getting in on like a breakaway every week yeah maybe Kyoto it's like two out of three weeks or something I mean there's not a huge difference but um Elise is is unreal right now um I don't really see Houston winning this game though I think like you said their defense is pathetic um (laughs) I just I can't imagine them stopping David Villa so he would be to me preferable to Elise yeah I agree I've got him ranked slightly ahead of Elise in my rankings I feel like if I use anybody from this game, then it's probably going to be David Villa. But I don't know, man. I feel so confident in my top three forwards this week. With uh, I've got Vela, I've got BWP, and, and Javinko up there. And I'm just – it's going to take something to get me off of those three because I just – I feel like all three of those guys are in great spots, um, even better than Elise and Villa this week. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Vela, but you didn't mention Rossi. <laughs> yeah, I was, um, I was a little. You know, I guess we'll get to that game, but I was a little yeah, surprised yeah, yeah. to see Rossi so high up in your rankings. <laughs> yeah, all right, um, and I probably am beating a dead horse there, but um, yeah, I think we're good on this one. I mean, Moderita could get another run out um, before the World Cup. I there, if we didn't mention this, the World Cup call ups have really been uh, tormenting us today and early this week because. For some reason, not a lot of journalists or bloggers or tweeters are really uh, doing a good job disseminating information about when these guys are going to leave. And um, I'm pretty sure Moderita is staying, but... Yeah, Moderita is staying. Uh, okay. Rodney Wallace is staying. The the Costa Rica guys are, are in for this game, I think, has been announced. And then they're going to be heading out after the game at Houston. Houston's a team that we haven't really been able to dig up much info on i mean i think they've got uh international friendly which you know houston plays friday night i feel like their guys are safe but just be aware you know just be aware that uh, heading into an international break like this that there's the chance that there's a, a late or a late scratch or an odd scratch um you know with guys leaving and maybe teams not being <laughs> as transparent as they should be so just be aware, keep an eye on lineups, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think if, um, especially if Elise and Kyoto both leave for Honduras, um, Moderita definitely becomes a, an appealing option to me, just because his his combination of attacking quality and then clean sheet potential in the back, I think is it's one of the best in the league when you think about fullbacks. Um, when he's healthy and playing, so. Um, just something to think about. I think Morales as well, like you said, is another consideration. But um, we don't need to go too much deeper. I think that's pretty good there. 
Yeah, it's good for me. I want to jump on to the Cali Classico, uh, finishing things off Friday night. Yeah, they kind of takes a back seat now that there's another L.A. team, but um, San Jose still is trying to be relevant. Um, yeah, probably you're... not succeeding when you drop three points to D.C. United at home, but um, <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> we'll see and, how this goes. And there's not going to be any Zlatan in the first Cali Classico of the season. He was in Montreal, so I think he was feeling some uh, Didier Drogba vibes <laughs> and just decided to act like a, a child. But no, nah, I, I actually get why. I mean, I get why Zlatan slapped him. I think he probably forgot that there was VAR. Yeah, that's the thing with with VAR these days. It's like, I mean, you can't get away with anything now. <laughs> like he should, he should know. I mean, you but know, you, you know what? You've got to have coaches in your ear, like guys. Like, there's cameras on you at all times. Do not do anything to put to he... jeopardize yourself. That kind of thing. Like, what? I mean, yeah. Slatten might not have cared though. He might have, you know, you step on my foot, I'm gonna slap you. And <laughs> it, was, it was like a, yeah, it was, yeah, it was funny. I call it the Zlatan. I mean, it was like the, the way he slapped him, just popped him in the face. He, 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 Petrasso got Zlataned. Yeah, I mean, Petrasso definitely knew what he was doing though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, he knew yeah. what he was doing. I mean, I, mean, I didn't really get there, a clear yeah. shot of him actually like stepping on his toe, but. I'll I'll uh I'll admit it, man. I mean, it, I played uh I played in college, and my only game that I ever missed was from um my big toe being jammed. Like it wasn't even broken or anything. And it was I don't know how it happened, um, uh, but it was probably the most painful thing um that I've ever experienced in sports. Like it was it it hurt so bad. I had to use crutches for a week. So. Even um, even in high school soccer, there's like guys out there that will step on your toe on purpose just to you know get in your head or try and inflict some kind of damage. But um, yeah, I mean, I th- feel like that happens in every soccer game. Uh, Zlatan just needs to let it go if he wants to win. But um, I guess question. <laughs> there's some serious questions about if he does. He left practice early apparently last week, and. Uh, Apparently, Siggy Schmidt tried to get him back on the field, and he said he was done. Sheesh. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess I'm saying that just thinking back to Zlatan's reaction. Like, he, he made it seem like it was the worst thing in the world getting stepped on. But, you know, I'm, I guess I'm just yeah. saying it, it actually is. I mean, that's – It sucks, it, yeah. It's painful. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if it warrants, um, you know, missing a game and – hurting your team because of it obviously they didn't hurt too bad because they came back and won um at montreal but i yeah. think i think they'll be fine here against san jose and they've got ola kamara up top who scored a goal in what three straight games yeah there's a lot of hype around ola kamara going into this week um i'm curious to see how many people play him because a that means you're trusting the galaxy all of a sudden all over again um, you're trusting them to suddenly remember what life is like without Zlatan. You're trusting the Dos Santos brothers. Um, I mean, the only thing I feel good about trusting is that San Jose is pretty bad defensively. So, yeah, yeah I don't I mean, know. DC just put three up on them at San Jose. So, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, that should tell you everything, at least to where, you know, I feel like LA have some, some viable options right now um alessandrini has been pretty hit or miss this season but he's really high on my radar this week especially at, i think he's like 8.2 or 8.3 um 
Only thing that concerns me with him is that in that Montreal game, he was pulled, I guess it was about the, I don't know, 70th minute or so when they were up a man, um, in which I felt like was a pretty good move because uh, Siggy Schmidt brought Emmanuel Boateng on for for uh, Alessandrini, and I felt like Boateng really kind of provided that extra spark. I mean, he was speedy, he was energetic, and it felt like Alessandrini was doing a little bit more you know, dri- going at guys, dribbling, that kind of thing. But it was – I felt like it was the right coaching move. Alessandrini didn't, and he made it known. Like when he came off the field, I think he uh, threw a little bit of a fit. He uh, – I think Dom Kinnear, their assistant coach there on the bench, had his hand out, and Alessandrini kind of lashed out and slapped it. Like, you know, just pissed off kind of kind of high-five type of thing. And I guess that might be my only concern if there's any kind of, like, disciplinary action within the team based on his uh his reaction but you know that happens pretty much week in week out players want to be on the field um I feel like you know maybe part of the reason he was pulled early you know not just with with Boateng uh providing a different uh type of threat in the attack but I feel like part of it might have just been to to have him fresh ahead of this game on Friday because I mean they played what Monday this week so pretty quick turnaround for him um I think he'll be back out there I'd say uh I think he's going to be in my lineup this week it's going to be him and maybe I mean Ola Kamara is a good differential he's not going to make my lineup but I think Alessandrini from this game is probably the only play that I'll have yeah I think you might be onto something with the rest because Legette was pulled at the exact same time Mm -hmm. um as Alessandrini I think um, and you're right about Boateng being a good switch because he's the one that actually had a header that put um, Kamara <laughs> in for the goal. Um, right. You don't expect Boateng to win, win a header, but he just kind of plopped it over the defender and uh, sent Kamara in. So Yeah, what's up with these little dudes getting the assists off headers? <laughs> I think Latif Blessing had a header in the box a couple weeks ago to, to provide an assist yeah. for Yeah, and, Quint- and Quintero had a goal this week that uh, they pretty much just let him walk right in that uh, – I forget who. I think Opara was just watching. It's like Opara should not let a ball fall to Darwin Quintero <laughs> inside the six. But anyway, um, I'm kind of with you. I I can't imagine trusting the Galaxy attack enough to take two of them, at least not start two of them. And I prefer Alessandrini, so that's that's probably where I'm at this week. But I I still might put Alessandrini on the bench just because of how disappointing he's been lately. Man, I don't know. It's like he had. Uh, it feels like when he's out there, then he's. I don't know. It feels like he's trying to make things happen. Like everybody. Yeah, else he seems is, good. He looks good. Yeah, it, it just hasn't. It hasn't worked out so far. He did have 13 points in his last home game, though. I'll, I'll throw that out there. That was against FC Dallas. So, you know, San Jose, right. FC Dallas, like feels. Feels like he can easily hit that again, and that was—I think he only had an assist in that game. He had a ton of bonus points, and I just—I don't know, man. I feel like he's on the verge of a big breakout, and it feels like he's going to go overlooked by a lot of people just based on his inconsistency this season so far. So, I'm on it though. I'm, he's in my roster this week. Yeah, you did. You rank him second, I think I saw. Yep. Yeah, he's yeah, number two for right. me. It felt like after Kaku, it was like. I don't know. It didn't feel like there were any options that really jumped out at me for a second. So well, that's because that's because you don't rank uh, away players that highly. So. <laughs> yeah, well, it, yeah, you had Valeri, didn't you? 
Valeri and then Maxi was wow. third. Um, that that's all subject to change. But Piotti was fifth. Yeah. Um, and he's also on the road. Yeah, so, Piotti was the one that I was like, I could legitimately probably stick him at two right here. But I, I mean, I feel pretty comfortable with Alessandrini there. I, I do yeah. feel like he's worthy of number two, and I feel like he's you know capable of a big game. So. Yeah, Piotti Alessandrini are kind of a good um, which one would you take debate for this week. Yeah. I, guess, I think Alessandrini just because he's at home. But, yeah, and, um, and if you're like an Andrew out there and you, you're short on funds, then you know stick him in because he's he probably saves you what three or four million compared to Piotti. Sure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Little dig on Andrew while he's out there at the the youth <laughs> soccer fields taking in some some U6 soccer. Very nice. Uh, San Jose, nothing uh, much to talk about, right? Like the the options are fine because Galaxy have a bad defense, but none of them stand out as someone we want to play this week. Yeah, no, I think uh, I took a look at your rankings earlier. I mean, I think you made a good point that I think Hosen might actually be um, a sneaky play here because I do feel like San Jose, you know, they, they want to come out in the Cali Classico and make a game of it. So he's emerged as their top scoring threat. Um, he had two goals this past week. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like if you want to take a chance with Hosen, I, I don't blame you, but it's definitely a risky venture um, compared to some of the other forward options you've got this week. Yeah, I mean, well, Hosen's a mid, first of all. That's true. Um, That's true. And I, the comment on Hosen was actually, I have a gut feeling that San Jose flounder against the, the bad Galaxy defense. Ah, okay. Uh, I thought you said something about Hosen. Could be, <laughs> I thought you said something about Hosen could be one that actually, like, you know, makes a game of it or something like that. I, he bad. definitely Maybe could. I he definitely. It wrong. He definitely could, and that's why I ranked him. But I don't want anyone getting all excited because they just used San Jose guys, and now they play another bad team. Um, I don't. For some reason, I can just totally see San Jose going scoreless. At the same time, Hosen always gets into good spots. Like even when San Jose are completely out of the game, it seems like he has a couple good runs that kind of turn into at least um, some quality, like half chances in the box every single game. Um, so he's not racking up the bonus points, but to be honest, Erickson and Vaco don't really either. Right. Not to the tune of what we want from uh, defenders that we take. So um, Hosen at least is firing shots. Um, I don't know. Just against a bad defense, I guess I'm leaning towards a guy that, that is in a much better place to score. And also Erickson is lining up against Ashley Cole, um, which I think isn't a great matchup for him. So... I think we can probably move on from that. Yeah, I'm good. All right, Seattle RSL. This one should be quick because Seattle are missing Will Bruin to an injury. They're missing Ladero. They're missing Roman Torres. And they're missing Gustav Svensson. Um, so they pretty much only have Roldan, Dempsey, and uh, some defenders. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're leaving out my boy. <laughs> the Wolfman. Oh, that's right. They do have uh, Wolf Ikram. Yeah, he's been disappointing to say the least this season. But I think at four point two, man, that's that's like that's up from where he's been, right? (laughs) It's like two hundred thousand more than what he's been. But he's uh, (laughs) I don't know. It feels like that price tag lures you in, and he's just he's in that early Saturday game to where you could probably use him in a switcheroo spot. Yep, definitely. I don't know, man. I mean, it feels like with Ladero out and just with, with some of their attacking options missing, like he's getting the minutes. Um, he's had a few moments where he's kind of 
um, you know, stepped up and just shown what he's capable of doing. So, and it feels like Salt Lake's the type of team that he could have a breakout game against. So, four yeah, point two million. Salt Lake's the type of team that anyone could have a breakout game against. Exactly, yeah. And for that cheap, man, I just, it feels like you got to at least consider him. Um, he's on my radar. I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with him right now. I just I, I definitely know he's going to go under-owned, though, just because of the lack of production so far. But he's got the tools to put together a big game. And then I think just with Seattle in, in a desperate spot, I could see it happening. Um, Dempsey, I like him too, but as we mentioned – too many good forwards this week to really go there. I, you know, I, I feel like he could have a good game, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, go there this week. Yeah, I think it's rolled on. If you really want, it's like maybe a fifth mid, but um, I, I could understand Wolf Ikram as well. I'd be a lot more excited if it were like the beginning of the season when you need those those low salary guys. But I'm probably not gonna need a a four point two. So do I take him over a, like a a ten point zero price midfielder? Probably not. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, just, I guess you just gotta weigh like the the matchup and the position that he's in. Like he's with Ladero out. Like he's gonna be. He's got to be the guy pulling the strings. Um, yeah, but there also could just be no guys pulling the strings. Like it could be a <laughs> just a bad game. It could be. It feels like there's been too many of those for Seattle lately. I know they got a, yeah. a result in Toronto, but yeah, just it feels like they've got a. Feels like their their fans are, you know, getting a little antsy. I mean, I know that's not gonna do too much to to turn things up, but you know, Seattle's got a pretty high standard out there. I think something's gonna happen this game. Yeah, we'll RSL is also in just as much of a kind of debacle. Um, Rusnak came out this week in the media saying he's excited to leave and go to international duty because wow. he said the uh, things behind the scenes are a mess and it's mostly the the front office and they should ask them um Petkey had to come out and say he's uh he's cool him and Rusnak so they would have to ask Rusnak what he meant um <laughs> it's a mess but Rus- Rusnak I believe is still playing in this one he's not leaving until after this game yeah I think you're right. um and I I normally would like using him, but just everything kind of comes together and it makes me nervous. So I think I'm going to stay away, especially on the road. They just got blown out in Philly last week. Um, theoretically, everything's going to run through Rusnak, but I, I think I'm leaning towards just staying away. Yep, I'm with you. All right, and obviously not really anyone else except Plata if he plays to to consider um Savarino's been a little quiet this year don't really know what's going on with the rest of RSL um you could you could say Nick Romando maybe deserves a consideration in a keeperoo of some sort but the, you have better options this week I think yeah yeah I think you're right I mean the only aside from Salt Lake options I might throw out like a, a Lear Dam or something um, I think he's yeah. Tolo. Think, Tolo had a good game last week. Yeah, both their wingbacks. I mean, those guys get involved in the attack, so I could definitely see them popping up with an assist um, here. And you know, a guy like Chad Marshall, uh, I like him. I guess as a center back. I mean, he's always a presence in the box on set pieces. But I don't know. I feel like again, like once you get past that, like five, six, seven, eight like top options for defenders then you're kind of just 
rolling the dice a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next next game here we have Vancouver hosting New England. Um I'll tee you up and then I don't really have anything to say about this game. Um it's a Kai Kamara revenge game. <laughs> and uh you have the floor. <laughs> uh it is a Kai Kamara revenge game. Um for me, Kai falls about tenth, I believe, in my forward rankings this week. Um that's not to say he's not a good option this week because, you know, New England, uh, they're a team I think that he can score goals against. So I like him. I just – I like other forwards more. And I guess I could say, too, that I'm a, I'm a little bit disappointed, a little bit let down after the, the DGW production from last week. I was hoping for a little bit more from you, Kai. Yeah, I agree. He, he would be a, a... – good option is like a third forward some weeks but probably not this week I don't even mind the matchup um, and I think they're just going to be crossing it into him a ton uh, New England doesn't have a lot of people that can defend the cross very well I feel like but uh, we have at least to me seven better clearly better options um, so I don't think there's any reason to spend too much time on this game maybe Kendall Waston deserves a shout um Otherwise, I got nothing. Yeah, I still like Watson. I mean, especially, I guess, if you want to throw in the the leaving for World Cup narrative. Um, this is his last game before he leaves to join up with Costa Rica for the World Cup, which, you know, a lot of times players want to have that kind of that momentum heading into a, a big tournament like this. I've seen it before with players that get called into national team camps. Um they have, you know, they leave on a good note and try to carry that momentum into into national teams. So, yeah, I don't know. With Watson, he's just he's that. I'd say he's that type of defender that, you know, for me, I always if I ever roster him, I actually always hope that Vancouver go down a goal or two and he yeah has, totally agree and, yeah and he has to get forward into the box and and in addition to Kai, then they're just swinging balls into the box trying to pick those guys out, but. He's definitely uh he's got some attacking upside, but um you know last week I was pretty big on him. He had two games, but this week I just I don't know if I'm gonna go there again. Yeah, I don't think I am either. So uh, there these players with with upcoming World Cup duty, their head could also just be uh, already in camp and they could have a a poor final game. So yeah, no, it's true. Uh, a lot of guys. Yeah, a lot of guys are trying are maybe playing a little a little cautious. Um, trying not to get injured. I mean, we've, we've seen some guys, not just in MLS, but um, worldwide, just, you know, guys that have been rolled out of the World Cup due to injuries in the last week, you know, couple yeah. of weeks, I which mean, is, if... is frustrating and disappointing, but it happens. And, you know, if they're playing right now, then that's that's the risk they take. That's why guys like Ladero and um, a few other guys have already taken themselves out. And, like, I'm, I'm just going to go on and join up with my international team. Yeah. And good on the Sounders for letting those guys go early because they could have kept them a, a whole other week before they right. had to release them. Um, so that was a, a classy move. Um, I, they pro- probably didn't want to uh, piss anybody off any more than they already are. But um, anyway, the next game is one of my favorites for fantasy this week. Red Bulls hosting Philadelphia Union. Um Actually, we don't even have to spend too much time on this because it's it's very easy to see who you're going to take. I think me and you both have BWP, 
and Kaku in our top two at their respective positions. I think we would also say that Daniel Royer is extremely high in our uh, consideration as a, a top five kind of midfield play in our fantasy teams this week. And then you can definitely look at, at whoever's playing keeper because Robles could be out. Um, you could look at a wing back like Michael Murillo. You could look at center backs like Parker, Aaron Long. Um, it sounds like Kamar Lawrence and Tyler Adams both um, might be healthy enough to play after uh, sustaining some kind of ugly injuries last week. In Lawrence's case, very ugly injury. Um, so, so I don't know. I mean, did, or is there anything we really need to dive into, or is this like just pretty obvious other than Philadelphia has Dechal, who had a huge game, kind of his breakout, but are you really going to play him against the Red Bulls when they just held Almiron to four points? Yeah, no, that's exactly my mindset there. Just Philadelphia actually looked pretty good last weekend, but I just can't I can't see myself playing any of their guys at New York, like you said, who just held Atlanta and Almarone and, and Joseph Martinez and Barco to one goal. And, you know, they beat them 3-1 at Atlanta. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like play your Red Bulls here. Like, all those guys yeah. are going to play for me. Um, BWP has been phenomenal this season. Kaku's um, really been just lighting it up over the last four weeks. I think he's got two goals and seven assists. Just yeah, crazy. his he's his got... foot and BWP's forehead have like a, <laughs> a Elon Musk hyperloop between them. Yeah, they're connecting. They're firing on all some cylinders. And then even like the the role playing guys, like the the Sean Davis and the Tyler Adams, like those are the bonus point producers. So, obviously, you can only play four guys um, from each team, but I'm going to have four Red Bulls this week, whether it be, like, Mira, BWP, Kaku, Mario. Like, I'm going to have some combination with probably four four Red Bulls in it. Yeah, I'm really considering Royer because he's only priced at 7.9 if I do need a little bit of salary relief. Um, and he took seven shots last game against yeah. Atlanta. And he took I imagine he could uh, – He's been taking them a lot the last couple of seasons. Like every time I have BWP, it feels like he's taking. Yeah. Royer's taking the PK, but um. I like it. Royer puts in work too, so bonus points are definitely kind of in play for Royer. Um. Yeah, that's that's all I got for that one. We can move on. Um, next is Orlando hosting Chicago. Um, Orlando, I think Yo- Yoshi Yotun, to Skyler's dismay, has already left for the Peru. Um, World Cup camp and Amro Tarek for Egypt. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. And we've got Dom Dwyer, I believe, is questionable coming into this one. He missed last game. Uh-huh. Um, apparently, he's returned to training to some extent. I think I saw that he was training off to the side or something yesterday. I'm not sure what what today looked like. We're recording this on a Wednesday, so um, that's something to keep an eye on. I, mean, I feel like Orlando's in a pretty good spot here at home against Chicago. Chicago hasn't been great. They haven't been terrible, but it feels like Orlando City need this one maybe a little bit more than Chicago do. So, um, uh, Yeah, Chicago probably needs some points too because they're just a bad team. Yeah, that's um, true. La- last week they only had – they were at home, right, and they had um, they had two goals, but they only had three shots on goal. And only four shots total. So they really were, were outplayed completely by Houston. 
Um, and that's at home. So now they're going on the road to Orlando. And I think Orlando, they still are going to have enough firepower, whoever's in there, to have a pretty good game. Um, one guy I'm looking at, not as a fantasy play, but maybe if I was playing daily fantasy, needed someone that it was a little cheaper than they usually are, it'd be Justin Miram. Because he's going up against Kevin Ellis, and Kevin Ellis got burnt last week. He's probably a defensive liability overall, I would say. Um, definitely not like a first-choice right back. So Miram, I think, has all the tools to to really give Ellis a tough day. No, I love that call. He's only five point nine million, and yeah, especially if, if Dwyer's out again, then they they've got to have some production from somewhere. And I feel like Miram's a, the type of guy that can provide that. So yeah, and I'll... question obviously. I mean, obviously, questions in play. He's going to dominate set pieces with Yoshi out. Right. Um, so I, I like him a lot too. Yep. No, I like that. Uh, a couple other names, I guess, to throw out. Uh, Yosue Coleman. He played, uh, I think he came off the bench this past weekend. Um, but he provided a spark, and I think that he, he may have done enough to get back in the starting lineup. Um, if he does, I don't think he's good for 90. He might be a 60- to 70-minute type guy, but he's the type of guy I think that could go under the radar. Not sure if he's going to creep in anybody's fantasy lineup, but... Keep an eye out on him. I mean, he's a, he's the type of guy that if he can get integrated into this attack and get going, then he's somebody to to uh, that could be a fantasy option, you know, on down the road. Yeah. No. I mean, when I saw him in person, I was pretty impressed. He's he's not a guy that's necessarily going to be on the ball all the time, but I think he's a great spark off the bench, and I think he definitely could be dangerous. Um, kind of in like a Blanco role. I mean, not as good as Blanco yet because he's young, but um. He has all the tools to dribble at people, beat people that way, and he still is uh, works pretty hard on the field for a small guy. So I like Coleman a lot. Um, we can talk about Chicago briefly. I mean, Nikolic has been extremely underwhelming lately. Um, Finally had could, a good game this past weekend, though. Yeah, the ball kind of fell right onto his foot, and then the other one, it was, it was like a nice assist, but I'm not. It's not any immensely uh, skilled. Yeah, I mean like, he's. Outing. Yeah, he's just he's the the type of guy that if he gets in the right spots, he's gonna gonna produce. Right, and the the problem is that the team is not helping him get into the right spots. Um, like the goal he scored on was of course from a Brandon Vincent cross into the box, which is like their best way of producing offense. Um, Schweiny is just like all over the place, kind of playing some passes, trying to create, but he's uh, not as good as he used to be at that. Um, Katai is just immensely disappointing. But Orlando's defense is really bad. So I just, I feel like Katai with a little more speed than Nikolic could be a play. But there's just so many good options. I say that all the time, but it's it's true. Like, really, we could only talk about a top 10 at each position on this podcast and be fine. Yeah. So, no, like, right. it, I mean, Katai. Why, why was anyone going to play Katai? Yeah, well, I've had him in my lineup a couple of times within the past week. I mean, just his price is within reason. And before this past game, I think he had an assist last this last game. But He didn't but, even have a shot this last game, though. He, yeah, he didn't have a shot. That was disappointing. But before that, it seemed like he was the only one that was taking shots for Chicago, like Nicholas yeah. was getting shut out. So, I don't know. I mean, I was it was a little bit of a um, just with my spot in the standings, like trying to differentiate a little bit. But – I'm not going back to that 
to that well with him. One guy I will throw out, I'm not going to play him um, in season long, but he's been a guy that, pe- that people have been playing in, in uh, daily fantasy is Compost. He's a midfielder for uh, in uh, fantasy. He's 4.2 million. Scored a goal this past weekend. Had nine points. Um, and you know, at at Orlando, like that's the kind of defense I think that he probably sneak in and do something on again. So DFS, like he's probably in play. I don't know if I'm gonna have him here, but if you really need a value option, 4.2 million. I think uh, Diego Campos is somebody that you can look at. I guess. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's like he's taking set pieces for him. Um, yeah, yeah, he's fine. He's fine. I'm yeah, just kind of a alternative to Nikolic almost. Like they don't really have much in the way of an attack, and it feels like he's like they're trying to give him a little bit more responsibility. Yeah, but um, uh, but Wolf Eichram's the same price. Yeah, Wolf Wolf is my guy. <laughs> uh, Wolf over over Compost. Yeah. All right. Um, Minnesota hosting Montreal. Um, just a quick summary for me. Uh, Bobby Shuttleworth is Minnesota's second best player. He's been keeping <laughs> them in games. I think he made nine saves last week. Some of them were pretty impressive. Yeah, he was um, on my DraftKings team. Thanks, Bobby. Yeah. Total beast. Or something like that. Uh, kind of was the butt of many jokes last season. But um, – I don't know. So far, so good. I think Francisco Calvo, it's worth worth noting that as much of a defensive liability as he's been, he was a beast when they pushed him into the midfield this past game. Um, if you go look at his bonus points, it's – I mean, he got a bonus point in, like, almost every category you can. Yeah, he's turning him out. Um, he's probably not going to do that again this week because I think he's going to be back at center back. But I, I like the Montreal options too. I like Piotti. Tider has been doing pretty much everything. I mean, he's a good bonus point guy as well. Yeah, he's like, really re- coming around. Really good bonus point guy. And he's taking set pieces. He's still like an industrious, creative midfielder. So I think assists and maybe even like a, a goal from distance or getting into the box, all that's in play. Um, I think he falls outside of the range that I'm considering. But he's definitely someone that I, I think about every week, like as an outside shot to get into my lineup. So I, th- I think for me, this is Quintero probably just missing out. This is Piotti maybe from the bench for me. Um, yep. and that, that's about it. Yep. No, I'm with you on all of that. I think Quintero is the kind of guy that I'm, I keep waiting on to have that huge, huge breakout game. Like I feel like he's got a hat trick in him. Maybe it's this week, but I'm not going to have him in my lineup, but. I, I do feel like he's got the talent to, to go off any given week, especially in a good matchup like this. Montreal doesn't doesn't really scare me off him too much. And then yeah, I mean Piotti, like Minnesota, you said you said it was Shuttleworth. He had to what uh, turn away like nine shots or something like that. So he's he's definitely being tested, and Piotti's a guy that could test him again. So. Um, I'm still trying to decide where I want to go with Piotti this week if I'm if I'm buying in on him at Minnesota. Yeah, no, uh, that's fair. Feels like the, he's in a good spot though. Yeah, I'll say this: if you go look at the shot chart for SKC at Minnesota last week, um, if you look at the two shot charts and you didn't have like the home or away team noted on there, uh, you would think it was exactly the opposite of what happened. I mean. Sporting was spraying shots towards goal all day. I think they had 24 shots. Um, Minnesota, I think, had 
far, far fewer, like six shots. Um, so one one fourth of what Kansas City put up there. Um, so if you think Kansas City or, uh, or Minnesota are a good defensive team, I still would say you're wrong. Um, they're like a little better, but still not good. Yeah, I could agree with that. All right, Colorado, Portland. Here, I have a question for you, an right. Andrew-style question. When you were doing your rankings, how hard was it to force a Colorado player at home into your rankings? <laughs> I actually like sat there and was going through <laughs> their midfield. Like I cannot pick out one midfielder that I feel comfortable with, even in my top 30. Like, yeah. Jack Price has been a guy that's been on the bubble. He didn't start last game. Um, I don't know, man. I just can't get behind a guy like uh, – Enzo Martinez, I guess Sam Nicholson's in there now. Um, he hasn't really been starting, or his playing time's been hit or miss. So it's, yeah, I think it's Baji came back, so it's Baji or it's uh, Joe Mason. Right. Um, it, it would right. be nice if they started playing Bowley, yeah. but I don't know. It's it's really rough, and then it makes you think, wow, that I guess that means I should be ranking some Portland defenders right. higher. But um, then you look at Portland, and they're missing Ridgewell this week. They're on the road at altitude. Um, so, like, as good as they've been lately, they still make me a little bit nervous. Um, so, like, I, I don't love Portland for a clean sheet. I think they're a, they're probably still a top 10 clean sheet bet, but probably outside the top five. Right. I don't know. It's hard. I mean, their defensive midfielders have been doing a lot of the legwork to keep the ball out of the net. Um, yeah. Chara and, and Paredes have been awesome. Yeah, I think, I mean, from Portland's side, I mean, Valeri, we saw what uh, Maxi Morales did to Colorado last weekend. So I think Valeri's in play here. Fantasy community. I mean, I've I've been, like, I mean, obviously Blancos came, started out of the gates really hot, and Valeri was a little bit slow, but we all know that Valeri's the more uh, talented. Was the MVP last year. <laughs> yeah, the more talented of the two, and it's just taken him a little bit of time to get going but yeah I mean he's showing us what he can do now I think he's in a good spot here um I can't I just don't know if I'm gonna be able to slot him into my lineup though I mean I know you've got him at number two but I'm just I'm, so, it's just so it's here's like, the, here's the thing you have you have Victor Vazquez right ahead of him right? but that's against a good Dallas team and I know he's at home and Valeri's on the road but I mean to me that's such a huge difference in matchup like the Rapids are bad yeah. So, like, for me, that pushes Valeri above Vasquez. And then you look at a guy like Piotti, um, inconsistent. So I don't know if I, I would rather have Valeri or Piotti. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Russell against Columbus. Columbus has been the best defensive team this year. Um, I think that's a discrepancy in our rankings. Russell might have been, like, ninth for me. You have him, I think, three. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I've got him, I've got him a little high this week. Tenth, this... yeah. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, maybe, I guess this is the last game of the slate. We can talk about that. Yeah. But, well, don't get me wrong, Russell's awesome, so. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. I mean, like, I see where you're going with Valeri, and I, I don't blame anybody for plugging him in this week. I feel like he's definitely in a really good spot. And I guess just backtracking a little bit to where to fitting Colorado players into my rankings, like, I actually did put Timmy Howard, I think, at, like, seventh, and I've got Edgar Castillo towards the bottom of my defender ranking, just thinking, like, if Colorado's going to get a result here, then it's going to have to be through basically shutting Portland out and, like, hoping for, like, a bodgy goal or something. So 
maybe yeah. it's just yeah maybe it's a little bit of a reach but that, that feels like you know that's the kind of result that Colorado is going to have to get to to pick up points this season so yeah but they they also don't have to pick up points this season <laughs> yeah, they, they can don't. just they're, yeah, they're done <laughs> yeah Castillo I will say he's like not even a defender at this point he's really getting up the field so if for some reason you trust Tim Howard to actually save shots and think they might get a clean sheet Castillo is probably a good double threat um he could also just be a double like not threat <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I'm not gonna have any rapids in my lineup that's for yeah. sure Right, definitely not. All right, next game. Yeah, that's a good one. LAFC hosting DC United, like we talked about Elliot. with uh, Vela. I think he's in for this game. Uh, yeah, we don't know. They, they've they really not given us too much. I think Walker Zimmerman is not going to be there. He's going to be with the U.S. national team. Right. Vela was included in Tuesday night's match. They had a, a international friendly with Borussia Dortmund. Christian Pulisic came in and uh, – checked out the new digs at the Bank of California Stadium. So uh, Vela was in the lineup. I think he only logged like 20 minutes to start and then was pulled out. Um, I just I think I mentioned to you off the podcast that it, it feels like if he was going to have left for Mexico already, like he would have been gone. There was there would have been no chance to, that he would have played in that game. But, you know, I could see where you, I think you mentioned like maybe for commercial purposes, that kind of thing, contractual purposes, purposes. Whatever. Yeah, I'm not as convinced as you that he's going to be around, but it, it seems like he's going to stay for yeah. this game. Yeah, um, well, just, you know, again, be be aware. The only thing that um, is a little bit of a drawback if, if you're banking on him is that they're in one of the last games of the week. So, um, yeah. And also, Laurent Simon, I don't know if he's going to be gone or not. And um, he got called up to the Belgium team. And then you also have Omar uh, Gaber is off to Egypt. Don't know if he's going to be gone or not. I think he he probably will. But um, who knows? It's It's been really tough to find news. But um, it, it could be that they're missing Zimmerman and Simon at center back. And then they only have one other guy that is a center back, which is... It's Borussia Dortmund. Like, he's still got that potential to turn up with a free kick goal i uh, don't think it's going to happen like week in and week out but i mean you're giving yourself that chance of of getting a goal from a center back so why not um so yeah i mean i like rossi too i know we talked about you've got him a little higher than uh usual in your rankings this week um but i think for me it just it goes back to that i'm i'm so uh so high on on BWP, Javinko, and, and Vela, that is, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find room for Rossi. Yeah, Vela, it just makes me slightly nervous because he's not going to want to get hurt before the World Cup. Um, so I don't know if he's going to be giving actually 100%, but if you told me Vela is giving me 80% against DC United, that's enough. And it might be – it's probably enough for the captain band. He's definitely someone I'm considering. Yeah, I mean, it's – for me, it's just the fact that he's so involved in their attack, not just in open play, but, I mean, he takes a lot of the set pieces. And, yeah, it just – it feels like he's got so many opportunities to pick up fantasy points. You know, a guy like BWP, like, yeah, he's been really, really good this season. He's been a lot more involved than, than he normally is. But I think where – Vela gets the nod over him, like as far as ranking, 
one, two, and three, then yeah, Vela's just got so many more opportunities. It feels like game in and game out than a guy like BWP. And um, yeah, he's. I feel like in this matchup at home against DC United, about to leave for World Cup, like he's the top option for me this week. Yeah, I think same for me. So um, I don't know. I think the only other thing to touch on maybe is that um, if. Simon and well, Betashor is now staying because he wasn't called into the Iranian team. Um, but I think if Simon plays, he's ahead of Zusi for me in my defender rankings. Wow, yeah, I did. I did notice that. I meant to bring that up when we were talking about Zusi, but yeah, it's a, I guess, a little bit of a surprise. I guess I could see where you're going with. Uh, What's the? It's the clean sheet. It's a hundred percent the clean sheet because that's guaranteed points, whereas Zusi. I mean, two or three bonus points, fine. But um, I just think Simon has a better chance of getting a clean sheet than Zussi does a goal or assist. Even after DC exploded for, for three goals in California over the weekend? Yeah, it, even after that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's that's kind of the, the struggle. It's like, well, all of a sudden DC United is showing a little bit of life. But... <laughs> It feels like for me, like LAFC still haven't had that really big breakout game at home. Um, at home, it, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean it feels like when they when they started the season, then yeah, they came out of the gates flying. But it feels like since they christened their new stadium, so to speak, like they really haven't done anything. Um, just you know, to to really kind of set the crowd on fire and, and just let her put on a show for their home fans. Maybe this is a yeah. They also haven't lost at home in four games, so. That's true. I mean, I guess that's the goal. <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> it's not all about the, the the flashiness and that kind of thing, but they've definitely got the talent and the tools to do that if they want to. Yeah. No, I agree. I think, I mean, this is one of the juicier matchups of the week, and um, I don't, I think if, sorry, I threw my pen. Um, if you are maybe outside the top 200, we have like what five weeks to go here. Maybe it's time to start making moves. I I don't know if it's time to really do anything drastic or not. Um, good arguments either way. But if you have your sights set on like the top fifty and you're outside the top two hundred, maybe it is a Rossi over Vela game. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, I'd say that's probably a fair strategy right there. Just. I mean, based you have on, to take your shot at some point. Yeah, so, based on knowing that everybody else is going to have Vela. So. Yeah, I mean, th that's where differentials come into play. Like, taking a differential in the first, like, three or four weeks of the season is kind of stupid. But um, it, at some point, there's, like, some game theory involved, and everyone's going to have Vela. So if Vela has just an average game and Rossi has two goals or something, that's entirely in the realm of possibilities um oh yeah yeah maybe maybe you do go rosy i'm not going to because i have to hold on to my my very high standing here but i don't know take a calculated risk at some point and for what it's worth this is also like a time when you you might want to stack clean sheets from the same team um because if you hit on all three defenders and a goalie or two defenders and a goalie um that are all getting a clean sheet that's an easy way to kind of boost yourself up the standings if you if you really need to take a shot, kind of um, pick your pick your time to really try and make a move. Yeah, I could get behind that. 
All right. Uh, obviously, we're not considering anybody from DC United. You ready to move on to Sunday, which has one final game? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so this SKC hosts Columbus. Columbus has been one of the better defensive teams this year. Uh, uncharacteristically, Sporting Kansas City have been one of the best offensive teams this year. But um, I think they both cancel each other out a little bit to the extent that I don't think I'll have anybody from this game except Graham Zussi. Yeah, I'll have Zussi. Um, I'll probably have Johnny Russell. I like uh, I like Saloy a lot too. But um, I don't know. I mean, Ico Paras is in play for me too. I've got him. I believe he's second in my rankings, right behind Zussi. Um, yeah, I mean, it feels like yeah, Columbus has definitely got uh, strong, stout defense. Kansas City do too. I feel like Kansas City at home have better shot at a clean sheet, obviously. And Ike has been a guy that even without the clean sheets, he's putting up bonus points i think he's had five points or something in the past i don't know his past four or five games even without a clean sheet um so i don't know i mean i'm gonna have some decisions to make there but i feel like zussi and ike are the two that probably jump out and then johnny russell is a guy that i feel like has that, that potential because you know kansas city attack is what i mean it's him it's saloy and it's uh Kyrie shelton and it feels like Russell's been the guy that's actually been uh, a little bit more involved in, in trying to make things happen. So, and, and he's on set pieces. So he's pretty high on the radar for me this week, despite Columbus being a uh, pretty stout defensive setup. Like I, I like Russell a lot. Just maybe, maybe thinking a little bit more of a differential too, just that I don't think too many people are going to be on him. But we'll see. Yeah. No, I feel I think you're right. They they all kind of are are decent plays. Shalloway is taking a lot of shots. Um, Russell continues to just, he plays the same way pretty much every game. Very aggressive. He's taking shots, taking people on. Um so he's a good option. I'm I'm very curious to see if Bearhalter switches to like a, a Hector Jimenez on at left back. because um, do you really want Milton Valenzuela tasked at 19 years old or whatever with stopping Johnny Russell. Um, I don't know. that That's interesting to me, but this game just doesn't excite me that much in terms of uh, any options. I think Opar is fine, but Columbus are a little better offensively than I want for a team that I'm, I'm really banking on twice for a clean sheet. Yeah. I I can see where you're coming from there. I mean, they're both like seems like your mindset is that they might both kind of offset each other, which I see where you're coming from there. I guess I just feel like maybe with Sporting Kansas City um, at home, like like we said, like Zussi's locked in at this point for me, and then after that, then I think Russell is probably the legitimately the only other option I would probably roster this week. Um, I like Ike a lot, but I'm just I'm backtracking a little bit on loading up too much on Kansas City's back line. Like, I yeah. just I don't know if I can do it, especially if I'm gonna have like a defender that's in a switcher role. If he has a good game, then you know one of those guys is gonna have to go, and it's probably gonna be Ike. So yeah, that's true. Maybe Opar is a guy you have in your lineup, but then once you once you get a clean sheet from your bench, hopefully you can you can pop him out of there. 
But um, the other the other thing, Opara, a lot of times the reason we rank him a little higher than maybe we should is because he has um, great aerial capabilities on the set pieces. But I feel like Columbus, at least with Abubakar now, um, they're a little tougher to score on set pieces on. Um, Abubakar, for what it's worth, had three of Columbus's four shots on goal last match. So he's definitely uh, getting in the mix offensively too, kind of Opara style. Um, and he scored. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, he's just extremely imposing. Um, Opara just finds a way to get to the ball, so maybe Abubakar alone doesn't shut him down. And, I mean, Mensa's there as well. Um, I don't know. Kind of an underwhelming final game to the week, but it, it definitely could have fantasy implications. Yeah, you know you're going to want to have at least one guy like the Zussi in there just uh, to have a little mini sweat on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we need to convince anybody to take Susie. <laughs> yeah, he's been he's been phenomenal. I mean, he's even in his bad games like he had uh 5 points last week and that was without clean sheet, without goal or assist. He came close to he hit the post uh late on and he's getting forward, so yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's lock and load at this point. All right, uh anything else for you? Who are you thinking about captaining? I mean, you might not even want to say it, but based on your uh, position in the standings, but I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I might be quiet like the final two weeks or so, um, but for now, for now we're still good. I've I keep gaining ground, so I'm not that worried about anyone listening. Maybe they just write me off as as a fool that's getting lucky, but um, <laughs> I think it comes down to Takaku and then forwards. Right. So it's Kaku or Vela or Javinko. Yep. And then BWP, and maybe, I guess. Is yeah, right maybe BWP. But you make a great point that Vela and Javinko are just much better chances for peripherals. Right. Um, hence safer, which is kind of what I'm looking for. Yeah, it's tough. I, I guess right now if I had to pick in the next five seconds, it would be Vela. But um, something about it makes me a little nervous just – right about to go to the world cup right maybe not maybe not putting it all on the line but um i mean he doesn't have to he can take a shot with a little bit of space and not really get involved too much and i mean he's had some some deadly strikes on goal this year yeah yeah i'm uh i don't know i'm kind of feeling javinko this week and and that's a little bit of kind of going back to what you're saying about you know where you're at in the standings this point in the season. Like I'm going to, I got to do something to yeah, I like change it. things up a little bit. And it feels like, I mean, I don't feel like he's going to go too overlooked this week. Like he's, he's a great option anytime he's in, but as far as like a captain choice, and I don't think too many people are going to go that route. So I don't think so either. Cause I think a lot will start with him on the bench even. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I'll be honest. I'm thinking about playing David via over Javinko. I have via third via or via fourth. Javinko right ahead of him at third. Um, I just, I, Via might even be the safer play for a goal. Maybe not for sheer points, but um, that's tough. I'm going to have to struggle with that one. Yeah. All yeah. right. Um, oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying we've got, we've got a few days to, uh, to ponder our captain choice. So I'm sure we'll land on the right one and, and, you're sure that you're sure we will <laughs> uh that's the hope at least all right uh so before we go i'm gonna have a teaser for next week andrew brought up in the slack chat that 
uh, he was amazed at how many children are at his son's practice with their shin guards over top of their socks. Um, I want to pose a question that we can answer next week. Um, who would be the current MLS player most likely to wear their shin guards on top of their socks? I have, a, I have a very clear answer. That's the only reason I'm bringing it up. But we can uh, we can think about it, and next week on the pod, we will uh, disclose our our selections. Let's do it. All right, so uh, otherwise, good luck, everybody. Good luck, guys. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.